Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. Do I sound sultry? Yes. Do I sound like <laughs> $1.99 a minute? <laughs> That's going to be the intro of this episode. Welcome to Jabber. I'm with Jono, my co-host. Hey, bitches. And today we are going to therapy. Yes. He needs it. Trust <laughs> me. Well, we both have a lot of issues. Speak for yourself. Yeah, of course. I mean, you do too, I think. Right? Uh, I've been in therapy for the past, like, three or four years. Actually, you know, I don't believe in therapy. Why? I don't know. I'm very skeptical. You know, I've been kicked out of therapy. Wow. Like, my mom used to send me as a kid because she thinks it's good mm -hmm. for, you know, anyone mm -hmm. to, to go to therapy and just get things off their chest, get different perspectives, um, guidance on things from an outside source. And I have just had bad experiences. I got kicked out. They said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. You are not open or receptive to, to change. Yeah, you have to go in with the open mind. And I said, what do I need to change? I'm fine the way I am. How old were you? Uh, like from like 7 to 15. Okay. On and off. Okay. On and off, all over the place. I got kicked out of four different therapies, including anger management. You sound like a brat. I mean, different therapists were like saying the same thing. We can't help you. You're not open. And I, you know, I'm saying I am open, but I'm just not willing to change who I am. This is who I am. I like who I am. And I'm not going to change. And I've always felt that they've had a superiority complex. They're sitting there making little notes. And I'm thinking, what are you writing over there? You know, like, what if I rip that out of your hand and I start writing notes about you? You know, you're going there to try to help you. They're not, no, no one's trying to study you. I just think that it's coming from a place that they are messed up and they want to find people more messed up. They want to sit in the, the chair. They want to be on the pedestal. They want to be God and be, you know, the one with the power and the control. You know what you sound like? What? You sound like the person inside that padded room. <laughs> yeah, you're not open to change. You're not open to suggestions. And I mean, because I, I don't, you know, I don't feel I have issues. I mean, I have issues, but nothing... My issues... Listen to this, really. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to find out no, all no, no, the no. issues Dominic has today. My issues... I have issues. Everybody has issues. But the point I'm trying to make is that my issues shaped me into the person I am today. And I am proud of that. If I had gone to therapy and I was receptive and I'm opened and I did the work and I put in the time and I... Who's to say that I would, I would be sitting here right now I might not be, because who knows where my mind would be with all that brainwashing. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I agree to disagree, but I mean, has it helped you? Oh, yeah. I, like what? Like, what did you... Um, okay, so I, my first went into therapy was after... But by the way, I went in against my will. I was a kid. I was a minor. I have never gone to therapy as an adult or by my own free will. Except for today. This is the first time. Okay. Well, the first time I went to therapy was after my relationship and after, you know, going out and testing the waters, dating guys and everything, why I felt so guilty. And, you know, being able to have the freedom to do that. And I was in therapy for like a few years and I'm talking about that. And I'm still in therapy now, just okay. talking about like stuff like in today, just wanting to hear a professional's help. And Absolutely. That's what I feel. There's nothing I'm, wrong with it. I'm not saying that yeah. there is, but you know, for me, I just have not had good experiences. Maybe today's session will be better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and me in therapy, I sing like a bird, and I'm able to just open up and get everything out. Playing the devil's advocate here and kind of, you know, making it difficult for you. I'm. Uh, you said after a breakup, you went into therapy, right? Mm -hmm. My personal opinion would be, I don't want to give them credit for that I'm crying over here, that I need to pay somebody to help me work through this. I don't, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that power over me. Yeah, but you have to go in with an open mind. Mm -hmm. An open mind to identifying issues that you may have yeah. and trying to understand what they are. 
Mm -hmm. and to figure them out, overcome them, and move forward to the next thing. But that's, you know, that's what my blogging is for me. I guess. I self, I'm, I'm my own therapist. I'm a self-therapist. But is it your self-knowledge? Is that enough? Because you're not a professional. You yeah. haven't gone through th like uh, training. You haven't. You don't have a doctorate. You know, having a professional. But I know some. I know more than them about me. I know myself. Sure. I I am very. I don't know if if this. But applies. you don't know all the answers. No, but I'm I'm good at soul searching. I'm good at looking within myself, analyzing my thoughts, and then evolving. Those thoughts evolve. Like, you know, a few weeks ago, I I remember feeling a certain way and I even within a few weeks I've evolved and my opinion has changed and I'm like it's just amazing that within weeks your opinion on something can change yeah but no I, I get what you're saying it's good to have an outside perspective yeah from a trained individual yeah and that's the reason why you go to therapy to figure shit out but something mm -hmm. that we discussed prior to the show today was that we were both raised by Single moms, mm -hmm. single independent moms. Yeah, we are products of divorce. I'm not. You're not. No. Your parents didn't divorce. Mm -mm. Oh. My dad just was not in the picture. Oh, he was never in the picture. Mm -hmm. Did they marry? No. Oh, okay. Well, I think you know, it's easy to say that we both have daddy issues. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you think you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I feel like you can have the same issue. You can have like a hundred people and each person is going to respond differently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Let's, I mean, there's so much to cover here. Like where, before we go into therapy, what is something that you want to get off your chest? Like what is the biggest thing for um, you that you're working on in your life? Uh, trust. I have trust, trust issues with men. Why? I just feel like it, it's the root of it. Like, I just feel like I'm never... From the daddy issue. I guess you can say. It's that's abandonment. It. Mm -hmm. He abandoned you. I guess. And, and that causes... Doubt. Doubt and trust issues. Mm -hmm. Because if your father leaves, then he's your freaking father. Mm -hmm. then so if he leaves, then it's like... How? It's kind of like the example towards every man I've had in my life. Uh -huh. And I feel that's kind of like... The examples that I brought up, like, you know... Uh, my the main relationship that I was in the ten year relationship and how it failed and the guy was not the best and he you know let me just to rot basically and expected me to do everything in return. Mm -hmm. and, um, this other guy that I dated, the doctor, we we call him the doctor. Um, he just kind of stopped talking to me, ghosted me after four months, and mm -hmm. we were having a good thing, and um. Yeah, and he just ghosted me after, like, a certain period. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for me, it's just, like, that fear, I guess, of not knowing what's going to happen. The title of today's episode is called Daddy Issues, so we do have a common link where we don't, we didn't grow up with fathers, and so I feel like maybe we should touch base with that. Okay, yeah, I mean, I have issues with my father. I mean... We've talked about this many times. I've known you for a while. And we both grew up with basically just a mom. Single mom raising a young boy. Yeah. You know, so we have that in common. Uh, my parents were married and divorced when I was five. And I don't know what your situation is. Uh, my dad was never in the picture. Ever? Uh, no. He... Did you, did you... Have you met him? No. I actually do know what he looks like. I stalked his daughters, my half-sister, uh, uh, her and her Facebook, and I've seen a picture of him on there. Does that, like, hurt you that he's being a father to somebody else? I've... In, when I was younger, it used to hurt me a lot because I would feel, oh, and like, how come I don't have a dad? How come I don't have, you know, like that like that bond with, you know, like another person in my life. And it kind of made me feel, you know, like sad and it kind of like bothered me a little bit. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that that person wasn't mature enough to be in this relationship with my mom and I. So he doesn't deserve that 
pity party, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, and so for me, I don't know what it feels like to have a dad. So I don't really know what I'm missing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I never had it, so I never grew up with it. I was very close to one of my uncles, and he was like a father figure to me. And when he died, I was dead. Mm-hmm. I was devastated when he passed. And that was, that was like my, my father figure. And when, I, when he passed, I realized that was my father figure. But other than that, I don't, I don't feel like I, um, I don't have that yearning of like, why don't I have a dad? Why don't I, I, I don't have that, those feelings or anything like that. Yeah. But I do feel like the mis, I do have my walls up for men. Because of your dad. Because I can't trust Have you them. ever thought about writing a letter, getting all your feelings out there and either one, ripping it up and getting closure in that way, very symbolic, or two, actually sending it in the mail and saying, this is how I feel. Not putting a return address. You don't need to hear from him. You just need him to know. I don't think it's worth it. No? I don't think he's worth it. So if he died tomorrow, Mm -hmm. would you be okay with that? Would you feel that you you have the closure you needed? Or do you feel like, I need that closure before he's dead? No. I'm okay with it. Good. I've already That's moved. I moved. I moved so far away from that already. Yeah. I don't have that attachment with it. Though, if there is some leftover money, I have a routing number ready to go for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me. But I'm pretty sure I would never see a cent from it from that side of the family. Yeah. I uh, I did have a dad, except it was not a great experience. So, I my mother was like, I almost wonder. You know, I would never want you to to not have that. I would never want to take you away, mm-hmm. you know, from him. But my mom's like, I almost wonder, would you have been better off if I had? And so she kind of carries that. And I'm all like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I did have a dad growing up. We did not have good experiences, and I terminated that relationship. It was my choice to walk away. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're going to take a little nap, but we'll be right back. Catnap. Yeah. Catnip. Creep by Radiohead, classic, one of my favorites. I feel like it ties in with this uh, episode that we're doing today. It was my idea. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Because yeah. I am a weirdo. And a creep. Weirdo. Hey, they had this a picture of a, a piece of dough. And he was, you know, he had like eyes and a mouth. Mm-hmm. And he was about to get put into the oven. And he says, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Don't you like that? Yeah. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay, so we're going to get our therapist on the line. Alrighty, everyone. We are back here with my personal therapist, Gilbert Sanchez, and he is going to help Dominic and I with these issues that we have today. Welcome, Gilbert. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so do you want to go first, then? No, you can go first, Well, I just want to say, I am skeptical with therapy. I've actually had therapists, but this is my first, you know, session. As an adult, I was, you know, I had therapists when I was a kid, but that was, you know, because of my mom. She thought it would be good for me to get an outside perspective, get things off my chest that I won't feel comfortable sharing at home, things like that. So, Um, yeah. Can I ask a question about, maybe just some of the background? Yeah. Uh, she just wanted you to have your own personal therapy just because, or was there something else going on? Well, my, my father and my mother got divorced when I was five. Ne- I mean, I had a, he was active in my life, but it wasn't a healthy relationship. 
and it always ended up with you know every other every other weekend type thing and then coming home early crying and tears and everything and so we did not have a good relationship and i terminated that relationship on my own but there were other things you know just getting older uh figuring myself out um things like that yeah um so kind of as a result of all of this stuff your mom could be in therapy yeah she did she wanted me to have someone else to talk to and I think, I think she wanted you to talk to like professional she wanted me to talk to a professional because she didn't know how to ask certain questions and get me to open up and I remember like when I was seven a therapist had me like playing with dolls and like I was one and my dad was the other and like how we would interact together and the therapist said I don't think Dominic and his father should have a relationship and my mom was like are you sure like I think they I think it's vital that he has a father in his life I was kind of what was, what was the rationale for Oh, I was so young I don't remember but I think it was just like the coming home early crying one time my father was um, having sex with someone and in the same room as me he was just like you know he set up toys and stuff and he wanted me to just like sit there and like they were having sex and I knew I, could, I knew what was going on even just as a kid I was hearing it and I was really uncomfortable but I, yeah. never, I never told anybody. But it was like things like that, you know? Inappropriate, like, behavior. Yeah, that's extremely inappropriate. And um, that, would, that would actually be grounds for uh, child abuse. Really? That, that type of exposure. So um, I can see why then the therapists would say, you know, but oh, they shouldn't have contacted him. He did end up going, serving in Iraq. He was in the war. He served two terms. When he came back, I was a teenager, he was totally different. He uh, started Brandon branding himself with a soldering iron, giving himself tattoos. He slept with a gun. We got into physical altercations. He pushed me through a wall. Um, one time I wanted to go out with friends. He wouldn't let me go, so I like jumped out a window and was like jumping over fences, and he was in the car following me. All this crazy stuff. Um, but he comes from a very like upper class family and they're very proper he was like the black sheep of the family and i felt like they were disappointed in him constantly and as a result i'm his child so i felt like i got like not the treatment wasn't as good as some of my cousins who had different parents like his siblings that were like the perfect children um so I started retaliating because I felt like I wasn't accepted. And my grandmother, who's very, very, very proper, um, and it's all about appearances, she didn't like how I was behaving. And essentially, the whole family blacklisted me. So I haven't heard from them or talked to them just because of bad behavior, that you know, rebellious teenager stuff. Yeah, well, it definitely sounds like your, your father struggled with some of his own demons mm -hmm. um, and if other people were recognizing that in the family then um, you know it's no surprise that you know, people would recognize it here at home especially you being so close to him right um, and obviously that has a very lasting impact on on a person especially being so young uh, and depending on which school of thought you come from uh, there's a number of explanations for how that impacts you but almost all of them agree that this impacts you later on in life. Uh, it impacts your ability to relate to others. It, it impacts yeah. your view of yourself. Um, and so I think that the therapist that you were seeing at the time made the right choice of recommending that um, he not be in your life. At least, I'm, I'm not sure if she meant permanently, but um, at least until you get some help himself. It sounds like he definitely needed his own help. Um, especially with the, uh, the sounds kind of like the self-destructive behavior he was engaging in, especially with some of this, uh, this abuse, the branding that you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's extremely complicated. Yeah. And uh, I 
then yeah, that that would make sense how it how it how it impacts you now. And it has a very lasting effect on on anybody who experiences that at a young age. Yeah, I think like now we talked about in a different episode our personal views on relationships. And uh, John was very monogamous. I'm not. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I, I'm longing for companionship um, and commitment, but I almost want the person to date and see other people. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I've thought about it. I've analyzed it. And maybe my reasons are different than what you know you would be thinking as an outside person, but it's like the the, the want for commitment is there, and I will I will commit to somebody and I'll compromise and I'll build a foundation, but I encourage them to go and be with other people. I actually prefer yeah. that actually. Yeah, and there's there's actually arguments. Um, from a biological level, that we're not meant to be uh, monogamous, right? And um, that holds true in, in a lot of different uh, facets of, of, you know, the, I guess the animal kingdom, which is where some of this stems from. But there are also um, examples of monogamy in animals as well. So it doesn't necessarily mean that being monogamous or not is right or wrong. It's just a matter of preference, and it's um, part of our development of nature. Well, I mean, do you think that there's a correlation between that mentality and the relationship with my father? Or is that two different things, you think? Uh, there definitely could be. That's something that would need to be explored for, for sure. Um, but there could be. Um, some people just develop differently, very differently than their parents. Yeah. Um, Sometimes people have parents who are very straightforward and, um, you know, they, they live seemingly, uh, I guess you could call conservative, not politically, but just in a social sense, conservative lives. And then their children behave in very opposite manners. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the, the result of the influence of the parents, but just, um, how the child developed and that could be you know they don't want to be their parents and so they kind of went the other way or it could be social influences from their friends um there are a number of theories that that you know conflict in terms of how these things develop but um at the end of the day when you're considering you know am i right or wrong for the way that i behave it really comes down to how you feel as a person. Um, well, I guess I'm trying to figure out if I am actually not a monogamous person or if this is an excuse for trying to control a situation and control infidelity or whatever and be like, well, I encouraged it, so it's fine. As opposed to having a monogamous relationship and then it happens and then there's that betrayal. So I feel like maybe I'm setting it up to be non-monogamous and that, so that there's no hurt feelings ever. I see. Yeah. So you're you're trying to set it up so that you're preparing yourself for the possibility of somebody. I think so. The possibility of infidelity. Right. I think that. Yeah. I think that it comes from a place of thinking everyone's a cheater because I'm that way. <laughs> Um, and so because I know my actions and my motivations and how I think I project that onto other people yeah right yeah and that, that's common um, it's a defense mechanism essentially you know, we're, we're constantly trying to protect ourselves from from pain and, and that's the primary motivation is to do anything that we can to be a step ahead mm -hmm. and In this case, it just sounds like, you know, and I'd rather be ahead of the curve, right? right? I'd rather just be the one who just 
I might do it, but I want to already know that this person's going to. Instead of them just hurting me and me finding out and being surprised. I mean, is, is that... That's not a negative thing, right? To have that mindset? Well, it just depends on, you know, how you interpret that. Are you comfortable with that? Is that something that you feel? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're comfortable with that, if you're comfortable with living in a non-monogamous relationship, then then that's totally fine. There's plenty of, there are plenty of people out there who, who live that sort of lifestyle and they're very happy with it. Um, I work with people who have varying fetishes and uh, they really enjoy their lives. It, it may not be typical right, in terms of the, the average person, but uh, as long as you're enjoying your life and you're not hurting anybody else. Um, I almost feel like it's, uh, it's a way to give because I... I'm not really that sexual of a person. So if I'm with somebody and they're like, oh, do you want to have sex today or whatever? And I'm like, no, I feel guilty for saying no. So I would rather it be like, no, not today, but go out, go do something, you know, meet somebody, you know? And I feel a lot better doing that than having to do something I don't want to do. Because I don't want to deny somebody and then we're together, so they feel they can't do anything. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And um, in our society, that's kind of a taboo thing, right? Allowing somebody to go out, engage in that kind of that kind of sexual behavior without you. Right. Uh, and as long as you're comfortable with it, yeah. and as long as they're being safe, um, you know, there's really no reason why that should be frowned upon. But there are these standards that we try to hold ourselves to because of the way that our society has developed. And um, it really just comes down to, again, like, what are you comfortable with? You know, when you, when you sit and think and reflect upon who you are as a person, you know, are you comfortable with doing these things? Are you comfortable with other people doing these things? If not, if this is something that really troubles you, but you're doing it, um, again, as a, as a defense mechanism, as opposed to something that you're truly comfortable with, then it becomes an issue. Because you're trying to suppress a part of yourself that is trying to be heard. So it comes down to, you know, how well do you understand yourself? And um, what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? Right. It's, it's a... It's definitely, uh, you have to engage in a lot of self-exploration in order to realize the truth there. Right. Well, in closing for me, um, do you have anything like to say? Like, I don't have any relationship with my family. uh, And the thing with my father, that's that's done. I mean, I want him to know what I'm doing. And I want him to know I'm successful and healthy and happy. But I don't want to have any communication with him. And I don't want him to have any credit for anything that I'm doing in my life or my success or happiness. But what bothers me is the the other side of the family, his family, the extended family that that really kind of shut me off because I was going through a rebellious phase and I didn't have a good relationship with my father. So I felt they kind of never gave me closure. And I could have relationships with my cousins and my uncles and stuff but they never got to have a relationship with me as an adult. And that still bothers me. And I don't want to have a relationship at all at this point, but I do feel like I want closure. So is there a way or a suggestion you have for getting it and then just moving on completely? Um, yeah, I guess it would depend on, on what you're willing to do, I suppose. Um, you could just try reaching out by phone or text or email. Um, some people that I know who would like to have that kind of closure, they write a letter, like a final letter, a goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just send it out. You know, they say you know, what they appreciate, what they didn't, who they are, um, what they plan on doing. Um, and I always advise people when they're doing something like that to wish the other person 
um, the best because um, you know you really want to relieve yourself of any guilt or hatred because carrying that kind of pain can be detrimental to your own well-being um, and relieving yourself of that is just it allows you to just move forward freely so I would encourage you to take any one of those avenues um, and uh, also just be open to if, if you are willing to be open to any responses that you get especially if they are um, positive responses uh, because you never know I, I always try to tell people not to assume the outcome just to try to understand it right and, um, well maybe I'll send them the link to this episode <laughs> and they can hear yeah, it yeah you could do that um, yeah. sure uh, any, anything that you think would be helpful or anything that would help you find your own peace would be the best move forward there's no universal act for uh, how you find closure but any way that you can that does help you find that peace is it's just it's absolutely necessary okay well thank you for that your turn um I feel like with my daddy issues I just feel like just because there was never anybody there in the beginning I kind of don't anticipate I don't depend on anybody staying there I guess you can you can use as a as an example like um like having like depending on someone and trusting them are like the things that like I have a hard time appreciating in in any relationship like I that's the reason why I kind of do take things take control over everything because I'm just going to do it myself I don't worry about having somebody there because I feel like I'm always going to have to take for itself and that was something that I learned that I'm going to have to be able to accept somebody else's opinions living with somebody and and I guess me not having that father figure in my life, depending on that, I guess, knowing that he, that need and want, seeing that dynamic with my mom with somebody, learning from there, like, you don't trust any man, in a way. I think that's, like, where that comes into play with it, me growing up without a father. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and so I guess this is something that we never really explored before. But did you ever adopt any father figures in your life as you're growing up? Uh, my uncle was like a, a father figure to me, and, and it wasn't until like the day he died that was like it hurt like if he was my father, and that was like my um, that was like my father figure growing up, like just seeing like how he was always there for any like event that I had any. Um, any like like major event or anything, he was always there, like in support, like 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 a father. And so, like I did have that growing up, but nothing else. Like as like, you know, this is this is the this is that that strong male figure, I guess you can say. Yeah, and that's um, that's something that's important for any child is having a father figure. And the best case scenario is that your parents stay together and it's a happy family and you know, everything works out great. Unfortunately, that's just not always the case, right? Things happen, people get divorced, or they never even got married in the first place. Mm -hmm. it, it, who knows? It's, it's all kinds of different things. But typically what happens then is we adopt father figures, right? We, we seek out father figures, somebody who can represent mm -hmm. an ideal figure for us. And um, we tend to form these very uh, significant attachments to them. And, you know, like you said, when he passed away, it was, it was devastating. Yeah. It's like losing a father. Um, do you see any... Have you seen any of him in yourself in terms of the way that you view the world? Relationships, things like that. Um, 
I, I never knew the man, so I didn't, you know, I, I can't like base myself or compare myself to him, but my mother has said when I negotiate something or if I, my thought process or my way of talking, is she goes, you just remind me of him so much. So that's like, I guess those are pieces that are still there. Yeah, and his non-existence. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mentioned before, there's, there's a number of different perspectives that go into how you interpret um, a person's behavior. And there's the behavioral school of thought, which is essentially uh, everything is learned from other people. And from their perspective, they would essentially say that you know, your thought process and your rationale stems from what you learned from your uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there are benefits and drawbacks to this theory, but you know, it's, it, I'm not trying to discount it, but although you gained a lot from him, um, it wasn't sufficient, right? Uh, it wasn't enough to help you gain the foundation that you truly needed to to develop that that sense, that confidence, that, I guess, moving forward. Um, so, as you as you think about it now, what do you think is the I guess your primary motivation now? Where, where do you seek out the, the influences? The what? The influences that you have in terms of your behavior and what you're doing now. Um, in, in regards to what? Well, like in terms of the issue that you're presenting. Uh-huh. The trust issues, right? Yeah. Um, like how we are you know working personally together you know like on on our things that we've been talking about for the past few months um it's just me coming to that understanding that you know this guy is still here and this guy does want to have a life with me this guy does um this guy does want to have a life with me and he's not going to go anywhere and him accepting what his his word to face value and accepting it and that's like where I'm you know like beginning to in those beginning stages of actually getting that, getting to that point and actually accepting it and it's it's still like a journey but I'm still like you know like working on everything that we've done in the past but it's it's just like every day is, every day is a new stepping block every day is like is progress I feel like that so there, there are some things that you can from your uncle in terms of how you try to rationalize things, right? Yeah. Um, but from a relational sense, have you had a male figure who kind of, um, you know, modeled those behaviors for you? Maybe with your mother? Or from, you know, like seeing my mom growing up, she never brought anybody home. And she never, um, you know, she never brought him, like, anybody home that, you know, like, didn't matter. And she didn't, from what I know, she didn't date at all through my childhood. Yeah. So in your childhood, you didn't really get that first-hand experience of, of how relationships work from a male perspective. Yeah. I guess, yeah. So... Basically, what you're working on now is your own personal experience. Yeah. Your own personal experience. Yeah. So everything is like it's like day one for me on Earth, and it's like trying to figure everything out on my own because I don't have anything to relate it to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you, you didn't really have a whole lot modeled for you growing up. No. In terms of uh, you know how a male or female respond to relationships. Um, 
those things are, are really important because they, they help us uh, when we're very young develop an ideal for how a relationship works. And if you don't really have that modeled for you as a child, um, when you start to date yourself, you don't really have anything to operate from. So you have you have no uh, foundation or beginning perspective. So you just kind of wing it. For you, it, it hasn't really worked out to be the best in the past. In the past, yeah. Currently, I feel like in my current situation, we we are communicative. We have worked on a lot, and I feel like we're even closer than what we were before. And I think that's the most important part was just, I guess, being vulnerable with each other. How do you, um, I, I guess the question here is like, you know, when you see your partner's values in your own relationship, mm-hmm. how do you reflect on those? Do you think that they're positive? Do you see them as something that you could hold as your own? Yeah, definitely. We have like our own. We have, our, we have things that we, we value and things that we both come to a common agreement with and things that we cherish. And so I definitely see that, you know, like with both of us, you know, are able to do. Yeah. 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 And so the, the idea of the parents and, and how children develop and how that affects us later on in life is, is, a, is a huge thing. It's, um, that's always something that really impacts how we behave later. And for you to not have a father figure in your life growing up um, kind of leaves you to develop your own sense of how relationships should work. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, um, with single mother households. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of cases where people come from single mother households where they never knew their father and the children came out just fine. Uh, But overwhelmingly, uh, the evidence points to, you know, if if there's a stable relationship between the mother and father and they're consistently present in the child's life, um, the children tend to fare better. Um, So there's a struggle. There's always a struggle on the end of the children when they don't have a consistent father figure. And that's just that's just the way it goes. You know, we are um, we're unlike animals that uh, just are born and learn how to walk on their own. Right? We need that we need that support from both sides in order to develop healthily. So all make our own path and it's taken trial and error essentially for both of you to reach the points that you're at and you know there's nothing wrong with trial and error it just it's just another way of doing things yeah yeah totally agree and I feel like there's I don't I don't feel like I'm I've been like, I don't know what the word is. Like, um, I don't feel like I missed out on anything because I feel like the, the, this, um, chapter in my life has going the way that I want it to go and I'm in power of it and I'm the one who, you know, I'm able to see where things are going and I'm, you know, problem solving as I go. But I, I don't, I, I, it's, it's weird like how some people say that they, I've heard people say that they, they feel like they've missed out or they, they don't feel like complete without it. But I feel pretty confident for what I have and I use for what I, I use what I got. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think um, people who are very well off miss. Mm-hmm. People who are very well off and have everything uh, 
typically missed out on developing resilience to deal with stressful situations. Yeah. They don't have that that struggle that's necessary to develop the, the strength to overcome. If you, if you constantly have everything handed to you, the moment that you're met with some sort of adversity, you, you crumble, especially if it takes longer for you to experience that. So if you experience adversity from a young age, but you still have support, you can develop that resilience necessary to be a very powerful person later on. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like both of you have developed quite a bit of resilience here, considering the amount of experience that you've both gone through. And that's extremely necessary for anybody who wants to go out into the world and try to be successful, because... Um, the only way to become successful is to meet failure and experience yeah. failure time and time again and overcome it. So, you know, that's just something that it just happens. You know? It's something that's, I would say, is kind of necessary for people to experience failure and experience adversity because it helps you develop into a stronger person. I agree. How do you feel? Good, but I did. My mom didn't date. I thought of that. Your mm -hmm. mom didn't date either. Mm -mm. So I think we have a lot of a lot in common. We were raised by a single mom, and uh, my mom wasn't dating, even though I did see my father. Mm -hmm. um, but she never told me that. She either wasn't dating or she never told me. Like one of the two. But then when I finally got to a an old enough age, she did start dating, but I never saw intimacy. So even now, like, it's kind of disgusting to me. It's like, you know, if I see, you know, hand-holding, snuggling. I would be happy if my mom was dating somebody. I would love to have seen her. My mom's dating somebody. Yeah, that's nice. You know, like, your mom... But I don't want to see it, you know, holding hands and stuff. I would be... I would love to see my mom, like, with somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to see her happy. Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen her with anybody? Mm-mm. Ever? Mm-mm. I used to draw pictures of her um, when I was little, like, with her with a man. And I was like, wow. you should get married. I was like, you should get married. And she, and she goes, like, she goes, uh, I don't need to get married. <laughs> I was like, well, why not? She works at the hospital. I was like, you should, you should get with a doctor, and so I can get, like, all the things that I want. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my benefit out of it, but um, she was she was not for it. She was happy being single. And, That's interesting. Yeah, I might end up like that. Hey, if it if, if you're happy, if you're ultimately happy, then I am. That's all that matters. But I worry about the future, my finances. But I don't want to marry someone just to satisfy my finances. People do it. I don't want to do it. But at the same time, my insecurity in this entertainment world, we don't have a steady paycheck. You know? We get booked, we audition, and then we get the job, and then, then we get paid. So for me, having a partner would almost be like a sense of stability and structure and security and like a safety net, all that stuff. Not just monetary um, no. uh, structure, but like your own physical being structure right. you having a household you having yeah. a loving relationship with someone that's gonna better you Absolutely. and and that's what relationships do right yeah that's true um, they've done a lot of studies comparing people who are single to people who are in stable relationships and typically they find that people who are in stable relationships are often healthier than we're seeing. And part of the part of the reasoning behind that is the partner will typically push the other person to be healthier. So oftentimes when we're sick or we're not feeling very well, uh, we try to ignore it. We engage with uh, that, that negative aspect of our, of our thought process. But I think, and, sorry, with, I feel like with Gay people, it's different in the sense that, for me, in my experience, there's almost like a level of competitiveness 
Whereas like it's a man and a woman, he supports her, she supports him because they're literally different. But with two guys, like I feel like in my experience, it's there's like jealousy, competitiveness, things like that. So I've never really felt support, like, you know? Yeah, oh, well, hey, personality plays a lot into it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a huge part of it. Do you feel like that? Uh, I don't because I think maybe... I think maybe David might because he was in shock when he saw how much money I made in one day. And he was, he was like, he goes like, how much did you make in like four hours of, of work? And that's it. Like you came up on set and you made how much? And yeah. it's like, I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, sometimes I have like two of those months and yeah. you know, like I'm set for like, you know, like three months, but then sometimes it's not, you know? So like, I guess him seeing like how like this industry works and how like, uh, how, how much he brings home steadily uh, a month versus how much I'm bringing home, like, it varies. Like, it, it's it's all over the place. And so, like, how... And we, we did have that conversation, and he was just very, like... Like, he goes... He's understanding of me and my financial, like, stability. Like, how I've... I've, I've I'm a lot more mature than what I was, you know, like, five years ago. And how now at least like he sees that you know like I'm I'm able to control it now, and you know depending on depending on what it is you know, like it might be a good month and you, you know how it is. I went out with this guy and I was like I made more than you today than you make at your job in a whole week. He's like yeah, but what I make in a whole year is what is like ten times more than what you made today. <laughs> and, you yeah. Know. So it was like I don't know. Kind of competitive. I shouldn't have said it. But well, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely something that plays into uh, a lot of relationships. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. Uh, there are a lot of relationships that are very competitive. Um, but overwhelmingly, most relationships are there's a person who's very empathetic and then there's another person who's more competitive right and typically the person who's more empathetic will be more considerate of, of health issues and stuff like that will be and uh, they will uh, press their partner to be more concerned about their well-being and that's the point behind successful with this um, segment with Gilbert. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. I feel like I might need more for another day. <laughs> Baby steps. You know, this is just like the first one, you know, like for you to, to get your feet wet. And, you know, like you don't have to do this recording, you know, like where you have to be so vulnerable with it. But, you know, like when, if you do continue, you know, like you are able to continue to open up more. I had a therapist once who would yell at me. Another one would like take personal phone calls and be like, oh, it's my kid's school, hold on. Um, all these different things. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I here? I know, I know a therapist who is very confrontational. Um, she engages her clients in a very confrontational manner. She'll cuss at them. She will tell them that they're wrong. Uh, she'll put them down. And I don't agree with that. I, I think it's disrespectful. I think it's humiliating. Do you think it's like a superiority thing? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think that she, this, person, this person's a she. So, yeah, I think she's being very domineering. Uh, she's assuming that she knows what's correct. Um, but I, I just, I don't think that way. I know that some people think that they're right just because they've gone to school and they've studied the theoretical orientation and all that. But 
but I truly believe that everybody's different. Our, our experiences dictate, you know, who we are, and every experience is different, and we can't just assume that we know everything about everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she she runs a profitable business off of her, uh, off of her orientation, so there are many people who think that you know, she's right. And I know people who feel the same way, that they need somebody who's confrontational, somebody who's going to tell them what to do, and they benefit from it. Um, but I, I don't, I just don't agree with it. I, I think it's, um, I, I think that if you follow that standpoint, um, you're disregarding a lot of your, your client's personal experience and you're invalidating it. So I follow more of a, a genuine approach. I just come into the room and I assume that the client is the expert of their life. You know, they are the experts in terms of what they've experienced and how they've developed. And I do my best to just help them recognize you know, what is the best path forward for them. So Is there any information you want to put out there? Uh, yeah, well, I, I work at um, at a site called LifeSource, affordable counseling. Um, we're based in Riverside, California. We have a lot of different uh, therapists there. If you'd like to seek me out, I'm there. Um, but we do have a lot of other therapists who are very capable. Um, I could pretty much vouch for any of them over there. Um, we all come orientations, but everybody there is, is a, has a very good, very good background, and all of the supervisors, all the staff there are very, very, very good, and um, we also offer um, very affordable pricing, mostly to help out the people in Riverside, California that can't really afford some of the more expensive uh, counselors that are out there. Is that we don't take insurance, so we try to price really well. Um, what about for, we have listeners all over the world, so do you do online? Yes, we do. We offer online services that we do through Doxy. Sweet. Um, yeah, there's other platforms, but Doxy is a HIPAA-compliant platform that we use. Awesome. Okay, so that's affordablecounselingservices.org. Thank you so much, Gilbert, for coming on and helping us with our daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I and appreciate it. Yeah, we, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, you guys both take care. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, wait, by the way, um, are you single? Look, he just left right now. Oops. Oh, shit. He Gilbert. Clo- he closed his window. I guess that means he's off limits. <laughs> As shit, he is in a committed relationship. With a guy or a girl? He's with a girl. Well, fuck. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's <laughs> show. It got a little deep, a little dark, and I think I saw it's here. <laughs> <All dark. laughs> 
hugs. I, I felt like it, it, we, it was we, good. It was. Did you feel like you made progress? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. well, it, it just more of like a better understand, appreciating. Well, I feel like not only did the audience understand us better, we understood ourselves better, mm-hmm. but we understood each other better. Yeah, and that's good for empathy and friendship and everything. So. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Jose, our sound guy. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and John O'Madison. Sound by Jose Gallo. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties.